Joe Hill and Cesar Chavez Who fought in their own time For our brothers and our sisters Up and down that picket line For the unnamed and unnumbered Who struggle brave and long For the union men and women Standing up and standing strong Today, February 19th, is the anniversary of the founding of the National Lawyers Guild, NLG, in 1937. The Guild was the first national association of lawyers to forgo racial and religious tests for membership. Early members include African Americans, white New Deal liberals, and some Communist Party members. The group's goal was to support the New Deal and the exploding labor movement. Among the Guild's early leaders were American Civil Liberties Union Counsel Morris Ernst and future Supreme Court Justices Abe Fortas and Robert H. Jackson. Ernst reportedly intended for the Guild to function as the legal arm of the New Deal. Many NLG founders were active in the labor movement, including the chief counsels for the AFL and the CIO. A number of early leaders were communists. Liberals, though, quickly became wary of the CP members. In early 1939, Ernst tried to amend the Guild's constitution to oppose dictatorships of any kind, whether fascist, Nazi, or communistic. The resolution failed. Tensions rose after revelations of a non-aggression treaty between the Soviets and the Nazis. Most of the Guild's prominent liberals resigned by mid-1940. Membership went from 4,000 to 1,000. After Germany invaded the Soviet Union in 1941, American communists changed their stance on what they viewed as an imperialist war, where the U.S. should be neutral. Thereafter, the Guild also supported the Allied war efforts, as well as radical social movements domestically. In 1944, the NLG produced a report laying out the case for prosecuting Nazi war criminals, including anticipating and rebutting arguments that certain defendants would likely make. And in 1946, several Guild lawyers were involved in the Nuremberg trials. Membership grew steadily in the 40s. By early 1947, the Guild had 2,500 members and 500 affiliate law students. The 1946 convention called for a program including full employment, rent control, housing, and Social Security. The Guild vigorously opposed Taft-Hartley, saying it instantly erased many gains of organized labor over the past 15 years. The Act required union officials to sign affidavits that they were not communists. As a direct result of Taft-Hartley, the labor movement soon purged itself of radical leadership. Guild attorneys at major unions lost their jobs, including at the Congress of Industrial Organization, CIO, the United Auto Workers, and the National Maritime Union. During McCarthyism, the Guild continued to fight the good fight. In 1947, the Guild called Truman's executive order to investigate the loyalty of federal employees outrageous and designed to control the thoughts and limits of the freedom of association of all employees in government, including attorneys. The Guild committed to representing a number of high-profile cases. Perhaps the most famous was the Rosenbergs, alleged Soviet spies. In late 1947, the Guild represented 10 Hollywood film writers who refused to testify before the House on American Activities Committee, HUAC, and were ultimately imprisoned. In 1948, Guild attorneys represented 11 CP members who were tried under the Smith Act, which criminalized advocating the violent overthrow of the U.S. government. All were convicted and sentenced to prison terms ranging from three to five years. Five Guild attorneys were cited for contempt and also imprisoned for a time. The FBI surveilled the Guild from 1940 to 1975, illegally entering the Guild's D.C. offices at least 14 times between 1947 and 1951 alone. In 1989, 
the FBI admitted to the break-ins. The Guild reviewed a 1949 case to charge Judith Copland, a Justice Department employee, with spying for the Soviet Union, concluding that the FBI may commit more federal crimes than it ever detects. Then HUAC investigated the Guild itself as an alleged communist front, and the FBI tried to get the Guild listed as a subversive organization, but failed. Under constant attack, membership again declined sharply, but the Guild retained its principles throughout the years, supporting social justice movements, black liberation struggles, unions, and Palestinian rights. Most recently, they supported the International Court of Justice's preliminary ruling that says, in part, third states are now on notice of a serious risk of genocide against the Palestinian people in Gaza. The Guild has again grown in membership to 9,000 strong. And that is our story for today. For the past and the past, I'm Harry Richardson.